Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, Ellie here wishing you a very happy Friday. Well, we now have not one, but two pending Trump indictments. It's really pretty remarkable. I wanted to talk this week about one issue that I think is getting not enough coverage, but is very important on the second federal Trump indictment. In the meantime, please keep sending me your thoughts, questions, or comments to letters at cafe.com. Early on in my career as a prosecutor, a grizzled, battle-worn New York City defense lawyer once said to me, Jury selection isn't just the most important part of the trial, it's the whole ballgame. There's a bit of hyperbole there, the actual presentation of evidence matters a bit too, but his point stuck with me. And over the years, as I grew into a bit of an old trial battle axe myself, I'd sometimes recall this lawyer's admonition with appreciation for its fundamental truth. In all the attention rightly paid to the first ever federal indictment of a former president, Much of the focus has been on the indictment itself and the charges and the evidence contained therein. While the what of it remains the top line, don't underestimate the where. By choosing to charge Trump in federal district court in Florida rather than in Washington, D.C., special counsel Jack Smith made a tough call and the right call, even if it makes the Justice Department's ultimate task, a conviction of Donald Trump, more difficult. Up until about a week before the Trump indictment, it looked like the case was headed to D.C., no question about it. Smith's team of prosecutors was based in the nation's capital, and the publicly known grand jury activity was happening there, too. But then suddenly reports surfaced that witnesses were testifying in a different grand jury in the Southern District of Florida. Now, at first, it seemed this might be a ministerial accommodation. Perhaps a few witnesses couldn't make it up to D.C., so they were allowed to testify in Florida instead, whereafter prosecutors could simply read their testimony into the record for the D.C. grand jury. But then, seemingly within hours, the locus of the case migrated south. The tell for me was when Smith's top prosecutors relocated down to Florida. And when the indictment dropped, it landed in the Sunshine State. Trump's legal team must have rejoiced at their good fortune. Yes, the parties will have a chance to vet and eliminate overtly biased potential jurors, and the judge will instruct jurors to put aside their personal and political beliefs. But let's be real here. If you were Donald Trump, where would you rather face a jury? Washington, D.C., where 95.6% of the populace voted against you in 2020? Or Florida, where you won in 2020 with 51.2% of the vote. Trump's jury will be drawn from Florida's southern counties, where he generally didn't do quite as well, but he's still likely to have a jury pool of, at worst, 40 to 45% supporters. A D.C. jury of 12 civilians might include one Trump 2020 voter or none. A southern Florida jury is mathematically likely to include five, six, or more Trump voters. 
So I know what you're thinking. Why would Smith's team choose Florida over D.C.? The primary answer, I believe, is that it was the safest move legally. The key concept here is called venue. In any federal case, prosecutors must charge in a federal geographic district where at least some of the alleged criminal activity occurred. If a crime happens in multiple districts, then prosecutors have broad latitude to choose so long as some part of the crime happened in the charging district. At the Southern District of New York, by the way, we were infamous for stretching this principle. I once charged a 20-defendant case where virtually all of the conduct happened in another district because one poor sap of a defendant placed one phone call one time from Manhattan. There's no question here that Smith has chosen a legally proper venue in the Southern District of Florida where Mar-a-Lago sits. That's where the bulk of the charged criminal activity occurred, the wrongful retention of defense information, the efforts to obstruct justice, the false statements. But if Smith had tried to charge the case in D.C., he would have run into problems. He might have argued that D.C. was essentially the scene of the crime, the place from which Trump illegally took the classified documents. If you rob a bank in D.C. and bring the proceeds down to Florida, the argument might go, you can certainly be charged in D.C. But here's the problem. Trump himself and the documents at issue physically left D.C. before his presidency ended at noon on January 20th, 2021, when it was not yet illegal for him to have those documents. The crime unlawful retention of defense information therefore started at the very earliest at 12.01 p.m. that day, right when he left office. But by that time, Trump and the documents were already out of D.C. So it's not clear Trump ever committed any criminal act relating to those documents in Washington, D.C. I'm not saying Smith would have lost a legal argument over venue had he charged in D.C., but he absolutely would have contended with a vexing and potentially time-consuming legal issue that likely would have wound up the subject of an appeal. Smith's decision to charge in Florida obviated any such venue objection and took that particular issue off the board. There's another more subtle upside to DOJ's decision to bring the case in Florida rather than D.C. First, by charging Trump on his own home turf in a red state, the Justice Department insulates itself against accusations that it forum shopped and stretched to bring the case in D.C., likely the most dramatically anti-Trump district in the United States. Smith's critics cannot reasonably argue that he tried to game the system. To the contrary, DOJ has played it straight and will let the chips fall as they might. And Smith's decision to charge in Florida is a statement of sorts. I'm confident enough in my evidence that I can put it in front of anybody, regardless of personal politics. Smith and his team must have agonized over this decision. I assure you that if I was one of his prosecutors, I'd have been furiously making the case to at least try charging in D.C., at least at first, though I might have ultimately seen the wisdom of going with Florida. This is a constant temptation faced by prosecutors. Play it by the book or do whatever maximizes your chance to win. Here, Jack Smith and his team did the right if not necessarily expedient thing. And that's what the Justice Department should be all about. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay informed. 